For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. As Hudson tries to close it out, it'll be another 3-2 pitch to Michael Brantley. Hudson sets the kick, and here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. The celebration is on. The Washington Nationals are the World Champions. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. Episode is 38 now, 37, 38. I believe so. We're officially past the Steven Strasberg episode. <laughs> officially passed. So I am Amanda. You can follow me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined, as always, by my supercilious co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. You can follow them on Twitter at DC Natchak, and you can follow the show at Half Street High Heat. We always appreciate you listening. Um, if you would like to, please subscribe to the podcast so you know whenever we drop new episodes. And please be sure to leave us a review. We always appreciate it. How you guys doing? <laughs> she called us super silly. <laughs> super silly, yes. Even better. Yeah. It means we're super silly. Exactly. exactly I agree. That means. I agree. <laughs> I concur, doctor. I concur. Very nice. I concur. So what's new? How you guys been? I pulled my back, and I am uh, listed as doubtful for my turkey bowl on Thursday. So I am. It's going to be a game-time decision. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing well. Not doing well. I'm going to need that Max Scherzer pre-game seven back treatment if I, if I have a chance of playing. Hmm, I think it was uh, like a steroid shot and or a... Uh, you know, right into that neck and a side of badassery, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I'll take two. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear about that. That sucks. How about you, Ryan? What's new? You know, just living the dream. Just doing me, man. That's all I got. Playing some Aren't Call of Duty. All... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what's new around baseball, though. All right, do it. Let's hear the weekend <clears throat> review. Um, so we had an absolute wild week in baseball for the offseason. Uh, Bernie Sanders, the presidential candidate that, you know, everyone knows who <laughs> loves to wag his finger while he talks. Um, he literally involved with baseball. Um, so MLB had a plan that we kind of touched about last week. He wants to eliminate 42 minor, MLB wants to eliminate 42 minor league teams to help improve pay and conditions for minor league players. Um, there's also been conversations with this to re-envision the minor league system as a whole because the minor league system is just awful. Um, and also re-envision the draft with introducing a combine, having a draft after the College World Series. Um, Sanders does not like this plan whatsoever. He sent Manfred basically a hate letter 
um, ripping him a new one and accusing Matt Fred of corporate greed. And so will be off season's weird, man. It's, we got headlines everywhere. Uh, the Orlando Magic owner wants to bring a new expansion team to Orlando, Florida, called the Dreamers. Um, nicest guy in the world, but looks like he literally made that on clip art. Poor guy. Uh, MLB just announced a new award, the All MLB Team Awards. This is where you can vote for the All MLB Team of the Year for the best players. There'll be one winner at each position. Um, so pretty cool. You guys should go out and vote. I already did. I voted for Jan Gomes at every single position. The Phillies <laughs> want to sign Mad Bum by New Year's Day, and the rest of the least rejoices at the fact that they want to sign the worst pitcher available with a um, draft pick. Associated with him, can't remember the word. Distracted right now. But moving on, court orders that Mathen must pay the Nationals over $99 million. The long, long uh, court battle. We are still not hearing the end of it, um, but we are getting progress that Nationals should get a heavy lump sum of cash. The Orioles are fighting against this by saying that 20% of the subscribers that left the network from 2012-2019 are because of the Nationals and not the Orioles, and the Orioles should not pay them that money. It makes sense that the worst team in baseball would gain people and not lose followers. Uh, the Yankees and Ellsbury are in an ugly legal battle. The Yankees are withholding the remaining $26 million of his contract after they outright released him. Ellsbury got unauthorized medical treatment, so he's more than more than likely not going to receive his $26 million because of that unauthorized treatment. And then my favorite story, it's never going to go away, the Astro Science Stealing uh, Scandal. Reports came out that MLB is actually considering a lifelong ban for any and all coaches and staff that sound guilty in science dealing. So far, five names have been heavily involved through the 2017 to 2019 season. The two names that make this a very damning report are Red Sox manager Alex Cora and the brand new manager Carlos Beltran. The report is from multiple sources that Beltron and Cora orchestrated the entire sign-stealing system that the Astros used, and when you masterminds behind it, um, this would be the most Mets thing of all time. They hire a new manager, mm-hmm. and before he even goes his first, first game, he gets banned from baseball. And then lastly this week, the NBA ratings are an absolute gutter right now. Um, but here's the weird thing. They immediately made proposals to uh, attract a new audience and younger fans. When MLB ratings were down, all they did was limit mound visits. Maybe baseball can learn a thing or two from the NBA's <laughs> new proposal. And that was a very busy week of the second week of baseball offseason. I misheard right. well, you. Thank you very much. I misheard you when you were talking about the Madsen thing. I thought you said Madsen, like Ryan Madsen. And I was like, holy hell, when did he owe the yeah. Nats $99 million? <laughs> All back It's like, what did he do? <laughs> I See, mean, I misheard you, too, because I thought you said that Bumgarner was the worst pitcher available, and I thought, sure, that you thought Ryu was such a fraud that you would think he was the worst pitcher available. But uh, yeah, Does I'm Ryu have a qualifying offer attached to him? 
Mm, I actually no, don't know. I don't think so. I think uh, so you should have actually yeah. paid attention to me when I spoke. Ryan did um, qualify that statement with the qualifying offer. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Mm, guess you should listen better. <laughs> yes, well, guess I should have. That's so often the case for me. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Take it easy, man. All right. Whoa, so whoa. Take it easy. We talked a lot during your weekend review about free agency, um, so that's not there's there's yeah. not too much of that going on so far, actually, which is interesting. Um, there have been just a few notable signings. Nick, you wanna you mentioned something on Twitter about the Braves and White Sox being the only teams that seem to know that free agency has started. Yeah, I mean that's basically where we're at right now. Uh, the White Sox are kind of like not messing around. We also have the Yasmani Grandal deal. Uh four years, eighteen point five million per year. I mean, good for him. Not only like betting on himself with essentially what was a, a qualifying offer last year, but exceeding the offer that he turned down from the Mets. I believe the Mets offer was like three years thirty six million. Um and I mean that's so far exceeding that offer, right? So yeah. that's twelve million a year um, that he would have gotten for the Mets uh, over three years, and if you include this deal and his last year, he basically got eighteen point five over five. So kudos to him. I mean, we don't always see those uh, like prove it, uh, bet on myself deals work out, but it worked out for Yas Money Grandal, so he will <laughs> be Desmond. heading to. <laughs> Uh yeah. Uh he will be heading well technically it worked out for Desmond. I mean he he got a big contract from Colorado, so I mean That's I'm true, sure but not Colorado right away. Regrets it. But, I'm sure they do. Yeah. I'm sure they um, do. Not to slander Ian Desmond, but I'm just saying. Um but I mean that was obviously the big one. Uh Will Smith signed with Braves prior to uh, our last episode, which we mentioned, um, and then kind of just like some small ones. Uh, well, it wasn't technically free agency, but Jose Abreu accepted the qualifying offer, but then they reworked the contract. So he signed a three-year $50 million extension. Um, so he was always going to stay in Chicago. So it just makes sense that uh, they extended him. That'll probably take him to the end of his career pretty close to it. Um, and then the Braves kind of just added some uh, rotational pieces, not starting rotation, but just like guys that can plug in. Uh, Chris Martin, who they acquired at the deadline, he is back. And they uh, signed Travis Starno to uh, platoon with Tyler Flowers. Um, and that's really all we've gotten so far, um, which is kind of crazy. I mean, not that we expected. Oh, that's true. Breaking news. AJ Cole's heading yep. to Toronto. And I can't be the only person who saw the name Cole and did a double take before I was like, oh, okay. That Cole. Yeah, I saw that Nat Jack tweet too. Um, yeah, I did too. <laughs> You're a bad person and you should feel bad. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like there's, it's November, what, 25th? Now, so it's not like Garrett Cole, Strasburg, Rendon should be off the market at this point, but it's not exactly the, the hot start you would have expected. However, the winter meetings are coming up, so I'm sure that'll kind of get the ball rolling when um, everyone's in the same place and you kind of get things done. Um, but the weirdest news to me is that of the signings, granted, again, it's just the White Sox and uh, the Braves at this point, the teams have announced every signing. There hasn't been a single reporter to like break the news that someone has signed. Not even John Heyman, who's like the Boris puppet and 
Boris can just feed him information. It's it's all coming from the teams. Mm-hmm. The Braves kind of yeah. have always been like that, which is like really weird. Um, but I love it. You know, f the man, down with the reporter, especially John Heyman. Uh, he sucks. You know, so I'm all for it. Anytime you <laughs> and with that, Heyman. we'll never be interviewing John Heyman on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure I would want to. Uh, no. We'll, we'll get them on and just talk about Arby's because that's all they talk about is freaking Arby's. Um, and well, how they do have fine curly there. fries. Just saying. <laughs> curly fries yeah, but, are the worst kind of fries. Don't at me. Oh, oh my oh, God. Oh, you know, you have said a lot of controversial things, but that might wow. be the worst thing that's ever come out of your mouth. I think steak fries are the worst type of fries. I agree. Well, that's you know what's how, actually worse than steak fries? Boardwalk fries, fries with, with vinegar on them. Yo. Vile. I remember the last time I had boardwalk fries. They're vile. Just terrible. Fries don't go with vinegar. I don't know who thought that was no, the, the thing with The thing with curly fries is that if you get regular fries and you get like an accidental curly in there, it's great. Right, because you got an accidental curly fry, you eat it, you're like, man, I got so lucky. No one ever orders curly fries like by themselves. They want true. one curly fry and then the regular fries. They don't want who is all they? Curly fries. Who are these people that you think want the one people. curly fry? It is the people. <laughs> I don't know. There man. are no Sometimes people who want you get one curly fries from the right place. Oh, like there was this place on campus that had the most amazing curly fries. And they were so good, and they got rid of them, and I almost dropped out when I found out. But, like, waffle fries are still king. You know, they do waffle fries at Friendly's, and all the Friendly's around here are gone, but I used to love yeah. the waffle friendlies. fries. I was about dip in the yeah. cheese. What is Friendly's? I, I, I love Friendly's. I love but Friendly's. The only one I know of is in Woodbridge. Or not Woodbridge. There's one in uh, Hagerstown now, I think. Warrington. That's no, saying. that one's gone. What? Oh man! They closed it. The closest one now is in Hagerstown, in Dang. Maryland. So yeah, I know it's it's very sad. It's very sad for all of us. There used to be one in Sterling by my mom's house. So when I would go to my mom's house, I would just stop for waffle fries. But no more. Life is hard. We may have gotten off on a little bit of a tangent there. Talked a lot about fries. <laughs> you know, so French fries can... aren't from France. What? You're blowing my mind. You're welcome. You're welcome <laughs> for this fact, Nick. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Let's bring it back to baseball a little bit here. So um, you mentioned talking about um, Bernie Sanders and his opposition to the, um, you know, removal of a bunch of of uh, the minor league teams. And uh, one of the things they're talking about is that, and then also expansion teams in the major league system, and then a realignment potentially. There's a whole lot of stuff that's going to get talked about at these winter meetings. And also, I'd like to throw out there, although we didn't put it on the dock to prep for it, so I don't know if you guys have even heard it, that their um, owners seem to be willing to loosen the um, restrictions on streaming, possibly, I so saw that, that people oh, can yeah, stream in market. That in-market mm-hmm. games. So a lot yeah, of things going on there. What do you guys think about all that? What are your What are your opinions about the possibility of expansion teams and realignment within the divisions Here's and all the that? Here's about, like, expansion. There's just so much to do in Florida that people don't go to sporting events. Like, the it's Lightning are the only team in Florida. For 
for all, like, Lightning are the only sports team in Florida that has good attendance. Every other team has terrible attendance because there's so much going on. And the fact that you have to live in constant fear that Florida man is going to get you. So, like, <laughs> if you're going to build a team in Orlando, take out Miami because all Tampa has to do is move closer to Tampa. But, like, if you're going to expand, go to Vegas. That's, like, the NHL yeah, there. Yeah, Vegas is, is there a great choice. Flourishing. They desperately want sports teams. The market is there. I don't get Orlando. Like, there's just, again, Orlando, like, you have the tourist. It's like the tourist capital of the world. You have all the theme parks and, like, all the other mm-hmm. stuff. Like, people aren't going to go to games there. And so now, people I don't talk think about Florida, D.C. being transient. Can you imagine a place more transient than Orlando with them trying like, to build a baseball fan base there? You have, like, you have Disney World. Like, that's Orlando. Yeah. The Magic don't have good tennis. They can't really do anything. So why do you want to build a new baseball team there? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Orlando's not a good option. I like the Vegas idea, though. I actually lived in Vegas for a while. My family lived out there for a long time. Um, and I can tell you they do love having things that are their own because everything from Vegas is from somewhere else, and the people out there would, I think, embrace a baseball team. But they better build a dome stadium because the first summer I spent in Las Vegas, I couldn't, it's like 125 degrees. <laughs> And yeah. I was like, "What is this is not meant for human habitation. What am I even doing here? This is absurd. <laughs> and people always say, yeah, but it's a dry heat. It's the stupidest thing I've heard. An oven is dry heat. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not okay. I mean, I could, they embrace the Knights, and they're pretty good. So, I mean, I think they would embrace baseball. And they're about a good football team as well. They yeah. Get yeah. baseball. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because, uh, I mean, obviously the Knights are doing well. Um I mean, kind of unheard of for an expansion team, especially this early on. But they're getting the Raiders uh, next year. So, I mean, the foundation's already there. It's not like baseball would have to be, like, uh, the groundbreaker uh, sports team in Vegas. So I think Vegas makes a lot of sense. I tweeted out from the ha- uh, Half Street High Heat Twitter, for those of you who didn't see it, I it just if MLB did – um, add two expansion teams, like where would they be? And then obviously if you add two expansion teams, you have to realign the divisions because right now it's obviously three divisions of five teams. So if you're adding two teams, it just doesn't make sense. So you would go to four divisions of four teams in all likelihood. Obviously they could do it uh, in a different way, like NBA or NHL or whatever. Um, but I won't go over all of them because obviously this is just like what I would do, but the Nats, they would be in what is now the new NL South. Um, You would put them in with Atlanta and Miami. So two division rivals that we already have right now. And then I had them doing a new Orleans expansion team as opposed to uh, Orlando expansion team. I mean, I I don't think uh, like you guys laid it out perfectly. Yeah, the the Orlando expansion idea is dumb. I I think it was more because the Magic owner proposed it, not because MLB is like fond of the idea. You know, it just happened yeah. to like be an idea thrown out there. If someone from uh like Montreal or whatever wanted to bring a uh like or was funding uh money or whatever to bring a team to Montreal, then we'd be talking about Montreal too. Um, but. I don't think Orlando will happen. It was just like a pipe dream. But I think New Orleans is a viable option. Um, Because just, I was kind of like trying to break down um, 
the divisions by obviously region and keep the distances close. And New Orleans just make a lot of sense because you want something in like that southeast region with obviously Atlanta and Miami and then uh, Washington being the farthest north. So I like New Orleans a lot. Uh, Amanda, to your point, they would need a dome as well because um, one of the feedback rains I got, all the time. Yeah, one of the, well, also one of the feedbacks I got on Twitter is that um, so New Orleans just lost its AAA affiliate, the RIP New Orleans Baby, Baby Cakes, um, <laughs> but they said that no one wanted to trek out to a minor league game in like 200 degree heat, so they're right. definitely going to need a dome. But as Ryan said, the fans are extremely passionate. I think baseball would thrive there just given the opportunity. There's never really been good baseball there. Yeah, people um, down there are crazy fans. They really are. Right. I actually were all hitting places that I've lived. I lived in New Orleans, too. And New Orleans <laughs> is, the fans down there are nuts. I was only down there for about a year. It was after Katrina. And uh, it was it was crazy. The people there, they, I mean, they love their teams down there. I, I think that baseball would do extremely well. And Montreal is another one where, obviously, a lot of people miss baseball. But I think people forget that it the baseball left Montreal because the team was doing so poorly there and they weren't, you know, they weren't able to make money and sustain attendance mm -hmm. and all of that. So I don't know about that, but I kind of like the idea of maybe something either in, and this is kind of out of left field, but <laughs> no pun intended, but um, maybe something in Canada like Pacific Vancouver Northwest. or somewhere up, yeah, somewhere up, you know, in Western Canada where they don't have mm -hmm. baseball or maybe even like Mexico City or something just really out of the box. I know they really want to grow the game internationally. It would be you could put a team in northern Mexico and, you know, have them play against, you know, put them in a put them in a division with the Texas and, you know, Arizona right. teams and stuff. I just think that would be a cool idea that would that would grow the game a little bit and, and would really bring in a lot of new fans. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I definitely like that idea. I just don't know that they would because um, baseball so regionalized anyways. Um, so I feel like they would want it more like nationalized within the country first before they expand. Not that it's a bad idea. Um, they could definitely go that route if they feel like uh, no one's really going to care about uh, an expansion team in Vegas or, or uh, New Orleans or whatever. Um, another... Uh, option I got was Nashville, which I thought was a good idea too, because mm -hmm. similar to New Orleans, those fans are passionate. Um, so, and obviously, you already have the Titans and and the Predators there, and that yeah. city definitely revolves around those teams. Uh, certainly, um, we saw during the yeah. Predators Cup run a couple of years ago, the the town was just unreal. Um, so, I like that option too, um, and then I. It's thrown out there before, but Portland might not be a bad option either. It just seems like I think Portland's could, a good option. Yeah, I think it could sustain baseball. Um, you have the I don't think the fans would be as crazy out there as they would be in Nashville or New Orleans. Been, I like. Well, the thing about like New Orleans is they got as passionate about the Saints because this whole entire city rallied around them after Katrina, um, and obviously like. Drew Brees and everything, that really set them off as same to a whole new level. Like, they're not that crazy about the Pelicans, so they may not be like mm -hmm. that for baseball right away. But That's Portland true. had an entire, like, entire proposal and, like, plans for everything with the stadium and all that, and they had a lot of public support. Like, they've been trying to get another stadium up there in the Pacific Northwest. So, like, Portland would really thrive. It's just not that big of a market. 
feel like right. what we're kind of seeing in the league right now is smaller market teams are kind of suffering. So it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if baseball's going to go to a new market, are they going to rather go to a much larger market or are they going to be okay adding a new mid-market team? Yeah, Maybe that's like a great, Vancouver, yeah. which would get those fans in, in Oregon. You know what I mean? I bet you those guys would root for a Vancouver team. Uh, and Vancouver's uh, a big market. I like the idea of, of another Canadian team, I think. You know, I just don't uh, believe baseball. in Canada. I don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't think another Canada team would do well. Um, I think Toronto is kind of like an exception. And, like, not that – Canadian fans suck. I'm not trying to say that whatsoever. I just, I think if <laughs> if you get another can, Canadian team, it's going to turn into another Expos team. So to Ryan's point, I think they're going to try to go to like uh, a larger market team, early city that they know like Vegas. Um, and yeah. obviously if, you, if Vegas is like your first choice, you're not going to do Portland for your second choice. Cause obviously that's two West teams. You'll probably do something more central Nashville, or uh, maybe. Eastern. Yeah. So Nashville, New Orleans, I like those. Florida, not that. Um, but if you guys have any ideas on uh, where else uh, is a possible landing spot, let us know. We would love to hear it. Yeah, yeah and I really, we can send a tweet out and look at people's ideas. Last, last point about this, but I don't really know how baseball would work all the way in Vancouver. Like, that's such an It's very far away, market. too. It is, and that is, like, just hockey central. And, like, baseball works in Toronto because Toronto is, like, New York where, like, it's their massive city, massive hub. They have It's also not far, like, to travel from for the border. either. Right. Yeah. So, like, that's no, why that's true, that but actually I don't there, think it but... would be as bad as the Expos because Montreal is, is just hockey crazy. Like, Montreal is the center of the hockey world. Vancouver is a big city, and, of course, they love hockey. It's Canada. They all love hockey. It's, like, their birthright up there but i don't know i think that a a western canadian team would you know maybe draw a lot of interest from the canadian fans and i think up there in the you know far northwest portion of canada you could put them in a division with you know seattle and you know out that way and it wouldn't be the travel wouldn't be too outlandish Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I I'm like the, the idea of expanding right now, the game. I have no idea where Vancouver is. <laughs> yeah, I know it was like <laughs> above Washington State. That's a like as close. Yeah, it's just uh, an idea. Yeah, the only thing I would say to that is the point I just made. If Vegas is their number one choice, which I feel like it, it's almost a no-brainer, just because of how well the the Golden Knights are doing. Because obviously, the Raiders are already established as a team, so it's not like they're going to suck for years. Uh, well, actually, they might suck for years, but um, like they're already established. <laughs> but like the Golden Knights are obviously already doing well, so like Vegas is like just a thriving market right now. So I f- I I think that would be the first choice, and obviously you can't have thirty one teams, so they will add a thirty second down the line. And it's the same point; they're not going to do another Western team, so I I think that would eliminate Vancouver. Um, I like the idea. I I'm just a little hesitant on it because. I, I just don't know how well everyone else would uh, follow that Vancouver team. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. I just I just think it would be cool. They talk all the time and pay lip service to the idea of making the game more international. But oh, they yeah, don't really sure. ever do anything about it. So it would be cool if they, I think, if they, they did it. And a lot of Canadians, I think there are a lot of Canadian fans, and it could do well if they put some effort into it. But we'll I see. Think- it may not be in the cards. I think the the thing to do prior to that is maybe... That was a Vegas joke. Sorry. Just uh, wanted you guys to know that was... That was pretty good. Nobody got my joke. 
That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> like instead, well, maybe not instead of, but pr- at least prior to a Vancouver team, they need to have like a Vancouver series where like they had the opening uh, series in Japan this past year with the, the A's and Mariners. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, you would have to do like a Vancouver series and just see how that goes. And then maybe like a series in Mexico City and see how that goes. And that's how you grow that game internationally rather than like investing a whole team in, in the location. You just kind of have series there throughout the year. I mean, there's enough teams and enough games to do that. Yeah, I think so. I like that idea too. All right. So um, the next question that you put out on the um, the tweet about this episode was, should the Nats retire the Navy jerseys from the World Series? And the answer is no. You're out of your mind. They should not retire the Navy jerseys. They're the best ones. I kind of I see the argument for it. Like, those jerseys are always going to be synonymous with the World Series run. And, like, you're going to get new jerseys anyway because Nike is taking over and they're making new jerseys for every single team. Retire it. Make it a special anniversary jersey. Send it to mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame. Wear it every now and then. And just rock your new jerseys. Like I kind of see the argument for it, but I love those jerseys so much. They're so pretty. They're Navy my favorite my, ones they have. Navy is my favorite color, um, and those jerseys are fire. The Navy hats, the Navy Navy jerseys. I wish they were our primary colors. Um, they're fire. But yeah, I agree with Ryan. I completely see the argument for it, and it it's kind of a fitting time for uh, a couple of reasons. One, obviously, we just won the World Series on the backs of our Navy jerseys. Um, and also the, the whole Nikes, like redoing the Jersey is it anyways, we've already seen the Padres and Brewers like completely redo their jerseys. Um, the twins are bringing back their baby blues, which are so clean. Um, I would love to today. see, Oh man, I need a Nats baby blue Jersey immediately. Um, oh, I don't want a Nats baby blue jersey. That's an, yeah, I didn't I ask know. you. They're not one of our colors. Why would you, why would you do um, it when they're not one of our colors? You're not one of our colors. So I, I would love the Nats kind of just like spice it up a little. Obviously, I mean, they don't need to, but it would be cool to just because the opportunity like has already presented itself. So why not make the most of it, sell merchandise and all that stuff? Um, so I would love for them to do that. And like Ryan said, it's not like it's gone forever. It's just like a special anniversary jersey that they can wear, maybe for like their next playoff run or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I think you could. But it, it does seem like they are bringing their very clean white uh, national spring training jerseys into the regular season, which I will also be purchasing if that is the case. Yes, yeah, those, I do I like love those. Things. What are your thoughts? Should they retire it, Ryan? Are you a yes on this? Uh, I guess you didn't listen to me earlier. When I, right, <laughs> you said I can see the argument. You didn't commit one way or the other. That's why yeah, I'm asking. Yeah, technically you didn't, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all you're gonna get from me. <laughs> oh yeah, he he doesn't make <laughs> predictions. That's um, right. This is the prediction. So I will say, if they retire the navy with the script, I guess that'd be all right as long as they keep the navy with the curly W with the American flag. Yeah, they'll it. probably keep that. That's. Because I just love the Navy jerseys. They're my absolute favorite. I think they're the best looking ones. Just a ones good look. Have, so. It is. Keep the Navy jerseys. Look. Get rid of the home white jerseys because those jerseys are so ugly. The yeah, road not... grays suck. I hate the road grays. I they like the road grays. For... Ugh, it's so I'll... boring. Gray tops and gray I'll pants. Take the... I'll take the road grays over uh, 
Over home the, whites. Uh, home whites, yep. Agreed. Wow. Home whites are gross. Boring. Yeah. I was in the team store and I literally saw them and I almost threw up. I was like, <laughs> Do you guys know All why right. uh, road jerseys always have the, the city and not the team name? I wow. don't. Because back in the day, <laughs> before we had TV and the internet, uh, whenever a visiting team would go to, obviously, the home stadium of the, the team they were playing, the fans didn't know where the team was from. So they the, the names on the jerseys of the the city they play for as opposed to the team name. That makes sense. Well, I'll be darned. Yep, I'll be darned. Learn something, something every day if you're not careful. All right. The next thing we're going to talk about is the Hall of Fame voting. So this is going to get a little less um, Nats talk than our last segment about uniforms. But um, Monty, we want to thank him, did a fantastic um, bit of research for us on all of these um, guys who are up for the Hall of Fame voting. So some of it's just really fun to go through. Some of these guys are 100% making it into the Hall of Fame. So we'll start with them. Um, we've got our sure Hall of Famers. First one is Barry Bonds. Yeah. I mean, in my, in my mind, <laughs> Barry Bonds is the greatest player to ever play. You cannot change my mind about that. He did not test positive for a banned substance, so therefore he did not cheat. So boomers, get mm -hmm. that out of here. But I don't. I don't. He think cheated. He no, he did not. Can you prove it? According, yes, he did. According to the law of baseball, by the stats, yes. <laughs> I suppose that's true, but we all know that's he did. God given talent. Well, it doesn't matter. You <laughs> test positive for a banned substance. In the in the sense that God created the substances used to create the banned substances, I suppose it was God given talent. And the sense. I hear no lies. The fact that, <laughs> according to Major League Baseball, he did not cheat. He is the best player in MLB history. But I, I, I still don't think he gets on this year. What do you think? Yeah, he should. But I, I don't know if this year's the year. Um, but if not this year, then I, I do think next year. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know what exactly he got last year. I don't know. I think it was like 67%, and you need 75% to get in. He's so on pace I'm, to like get it his last year. Yeah, so he's, he's knocking on the door. Or he just kind of needs like one large spike to really kind of get him there. But I, I do think he gets in. I think the farther away we get from his career and, and like his final season, the less people are like, oh, he cheated, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think people are warming to that idea of him in, in the hall. Um, same thing with the next guy, Roger Clemens, who we can touch on a little bit. But Barry's, his numbers are just extremely stupid like it, it makes no sense like every year of his well he career, cheated that's why his numbers are stupid uh, oh god he's such a boomer um every year Just of his career boomer he had, to everything he had you a, disagree with doesn't make it so he, had he such, cheated we all know he cheated such a, excuse me i'm talking um <laughs> like he tested positive <laughs> wait did he really test positive yeah, he, he tested positive. Barry Bonds did not, but Roger Clemens did. Well, I'm talking about Barry Bonds. Oh, no, Barry Bonds never tested positive. I thought you were talking about Clemens. Yeah, that, no, no. Mm -hmm. um, no, Barry Bonds' numbers, are, they're just outrageous. Like, seven-time MVP, 14-time All-Star. I mean, that's just the accolades, but eight gold gloves to, uh, to go with it, too. I mean, that just outrageous outrageous and then like 
above 500 on base percentage for the majority of his career. I mean, that's pretty good. I'll tell you what I think about Barry Bonds is he would have been a Hall of Famer if he hadn't cheated, and he didn't need to cheat. And anybody who cheated, I don't want a Hall of Fame. Can you prove that he cheated? Hold on, hold on. Do you think David Ortiz should be in the Hall of Fame? No, he tested positive. I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. All right, then Barry Bonds should be because he, he didn't test yeah. positive. No, exactly. he didn't. No, but I'm Lawyer. saying we know for a fact that he cheated. Everybody. No, knows he you cheated. don't. No, you don't because you can't prove it. Therefore, it's not fact. He took, he took legal substances. He did not take any banned substances. So therefore, he was within yeah, the well, legal grounds and did not cheat. Sure. If he were in a court, he wouldn't get convicted, but this isn't court. If I had a Hall of Fame vote, nobody who you could obviously well, see used – you could obviously see from the How can you obviously he, see it? You can see when he starts using them. Right, is, my, is Mike Trout on steroids too? His no, numbers are absurd. but his numbers didn't uh, – yeah, how, how, how are you Mike saying? Mike Trout's head did grow. His head did grow. So how are you going <laughs> to look at Barry Bonds and Mike Trout side by side and say one cheated and one didn't? Both of their because numbers are absurd, Barry especially compared to everyone else. He, How does everyone know? He didn't test positive. He never got suspended. You really believe he didn't cheat? He Did he ever test positive? Do you believe he didn't cheat? Did he ever test positive? No, do, you're saying do, it's a do fact. Do you believe you're saying he the cheated or not? The burden of proof is on you. The burden of proof is on you. So you're you saying won't it's a answer. Fact. You're saying it's a fact. Do you think he cheated? You're deflecting. You're deflecting. I think it isn't. I think it is a fact. Just because you can't prove something doesn't mean it's not a fact. That's Very literally much. what there it means. There are lots of things. <laughs> that's that's not what it, what it means. means. That's not yeah. what it means. You have a no fact proof. Is something that happened. It's not a Whether fact. you can prove it or not, if you How did, can you prove it then... happened? How do you know what happened? I just said that. You don't have to be able to prove something for it to be a fact. We all yes, know. You do you do. think you That's literally the point no, of No, you don't. Otherwise, it's just you don't, a conjecture. You won't answer the question. You won't answer the Neither question. Will you. you think he cheated. Neither I just you. answered it. I think I he cheated. I do not think he cheated because I'm looking at you the really real think, facts. You he think he never ever took a banned substance. And he did now ever test positive. Those are the facts. Right. Do you think I he cheated? Him. I said no. You really believe he never cheated? Yes, because those are the facts. Right, but you think he didn't cheat. You, you, you can't it prove it. Doesn't matter it, what think I think. I'm looking cheated. at the facts. It is I'm not, matter. I'm, I'm not letting you. my bias. Do I'm not letting my bias. Like, I'm not biased. Me. I just think he cheated. Yes, you are. You've admitted. No, I'm you not. went on a rant. You went on a rant last episode saying, "Oh, no one who disrespected the game should ever be treated like a human." Blah 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 blah. That's not exactly what I said. What I said hey, is, people who cheat word, shouldn't be able to get into the Hall of Fame. That makes All right, so Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. Next. Do you yeah, he may get in. I don't think he'll get in. I think there's enough people who won't vote him in because he cheated, and he's not going to get in. I hope he gets oh, in. Wait, do, you, do you think Pete Rose should be a Hall of Famer? No. He cheated. How did he cheat? He didn't cheat. You, do you count, so you count cheating the integrity of the game as the same thing? Yes, people who people uh, who uh, violate the integrity of the game shouldn't be Hall of Famers, and it's not biased. Hey. I don't have anything against Barry Bonds. I just think he cheated, and I don't want him in the Hall of Fame. I don't think well, anybody one, who cheated should be in the Hall of Fame. And if they get in anyway, absolute. there's nothing you can do about it. But if you can help it, you shouldn't put them in. This has been absolutely great radio. Um, I hope everyone is enjoying listening to this because I am very much enjoying this. But two. In the words of the great Yaz Money Rondal, when he was asked about the Astros cheating uh, scandal, <laughs> he said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So, therefore, well, 
I disagree with These that. These ain't trying. <laughs> so, so what do you think, Ryan? Do you think Barry Bonds cheated? Ryan, do you I think do Barry Bonds cheated? I do not think Barry Bonds cheated. You don't? Because. All right. No. We'll have to agree man, to disagree. That man has had so many drug tests, and he never tested no, positive. Right. But we're moving on. Derek Jeter. All right. All right. Derek Jeter. Yeah. I agree what with Ryan that well, I was just going to say <laughs> Roger Clemens did cheat, so if you want to use that argument for him, that is fine. But Derek Jeter. Yeah. Okay, Derek I think Jeter, Derek what are your Jeter thoughts? Derek Jeter is going to get over 95% of the vote. Like, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. saying he is overrated because of defensive metrics, but you can be in a Hall of Famer and overrated at the same time. But Jeter's one of the best pure hitters in baseball history. Like, the man was unreal and consistent every single year like he was amazing until he broke his ankle and he fell off a cliff but like look at his postseason resume look what he did in the regular season all the time the man's going to get over 95 percent of the vote and now that the 100 percent barrier has been broken he may flirt with that because more players are going to but he is the one person on this ballot who is a no doubt hall of famer yeah i I agree. I'm looking at the the rundown Monty prepared for us. It's it's super in depth, so thankfully we don't have to do a lot of work. That's why we hired you, Monty. Um, but like uh, the, de- the the the, <laughs> the defensive metrics are, are really what everyone's talking about right now because no one's arguing that he's a Hall of Famer. It's whether he should be first ballot or even unanimous. Um, I personally don't think he's unanimous. I think Mariano Rivera. If you're asking me who's better, Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter, the answer is Mariano Rivera. The dude was insane. Um, and like but, Ken Griffey didn't get it, right? Exactly, and that's the right. uh, that was the next person I was going to bring up because Ken Griffey was one vote away from being unanimous. He was the closest one prior to Mariano Rivera being there's unanimous. There's always some jackasses, isn't there? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I know there's going to be one or two of those uh, writers that do the same to Derek Jeter. So I, that's why I don't think he'll be unanimous. Above ninety, definitely above ninety percent, probably above ninety five percent. Not unanimous. Griffey got ninety eight point seven. I can kind of see somewhere around there. Um, but the defensive metrics, kind of what I want to touch on. Um, so defensive runs saved and UZR came to existence in two thousand three. Well, Derek Jeter started playing in two thousand five. So the prime defensive years were obviously the on like the more youthful side of his career, which was obviously before those defensive metrics came into play. So everyone wants to knock on his defensive metrics. Well, obviously the older you get, the worse your defense gets like even the best defenders, the older they get, the worse their defense gets. It's just how it goes. So I think the, the defensive metrics for a Jeter, well, they're not great. Like there's no arguing that it's blown out of proportion because people one hate the Yankees and two, they're trying to poke holes into like the prized jewel of the most recent Yankees, like uh, success in, in that Derek Jeter. So I, I think it's blown out of proportion. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. He absolutely should be first ballot. If you don't vote for him, I think that's kind of dumb. Like, yes, I wouldn't want him to be like unanimous with Mariano Rivera, but also if I had a ballot, I'm still voting for him. Like it, yeah, it just doesn't make sense not to don't. vote for someone. I don't know how yeah. anybody does it. And you know what else? The the whole thing with oh well, his defensive metrics. That whole argument. Like everybody's not going to be great at everything. A, a player in any sport doesn't have to excel in every single aspect of the sport to be a Hall of Famer. He's got more than enough 
stats right. that support him being one of the best who ever played the game. I mean, I just think it's anybody who doesn't vote for him is an idiot. So I'll throw that out there. And I the hate whole the overrated but. movement is coming from a bunch of 14-year-olds who weren't alive and played and see people like John Boy who are like, Derek Jeter's overrated, and just like completely buy into the nonsense. And John Durant. Boy's a, yeah. a little tangent here. John Boy's pissing a lot of people off recently. It's pretty funny. But well, he's all over the the Astros thing, which is why he's pissing. Well, a lot of no, no, off. well, no, not even that. But he's like trying to. I, I guess it is kind of with the Derek Jeter thing. He's basically just like poo pooing on defensive metrics, but also using defensive metrics to explain why uh, Derek Jeter's <laughs> overrated. So he's kind of just using it to uh, well, fit his he's argument. He's being a contrarian, yeah, which you know is good for getting clicks and likes and interactions online. So I mean, he's doing what yeah. He does. We've never done that whatsoever. No, <laughs> you guys wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> I know nothing. All right. I know nothing. All right, so let's talk about the next group, which is what um, we can call the eventual Hall of Famers. Um, probably not, you know, either have been on the ballot for a while already and may or may not make it in, but probably should. So the first one on this list is Kurt Schilling. So the thing with this? Kurt Schilling, um, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. and I don't care that this is a family podcast, the dude's a piece of shit. So, like, <laughs> that's the problem with Kurt Schilling is he get, he's getting hit with a character clause the man, every way you look at it, every single day, this guy's in the headlines for some terrible thing that he said or done. So, like, people aren't voting for him because he's just a sack of garbage, and that is really, really killing his claws. And people are kind of forgetting how dominant of a pitcher he was. There's also the whole bloody sock thing. Yankee fans just swear up and down. He cheated with steroids. I see it as great. But when you put his character aside, he was an unreal pitcher. It's just when he keeps saying these things that he's saying. It's hard it's to vote. Really, right, it's hard to it's really And the media, yeah, politically, the media are, you know, very at the opposite end of things than he is, which I think, you know, affected their humans, that it's going to affect their wanting to vote for him. But he actually, in the 2018 ballot, had a higher percentage than any of uh, either Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's interesting. Uh, He's still getting more votes than they are. Yeah, I just saw that on, on the doc too. Uh, I misspoke. Well, I was misinformed. Bonds and Clemens each had fifty nine point one percent. They need the seventy five percent to get in. Schilling had sixty point nine last year. So, like Amanda, you said higher than than. Um, one thing going uh, aside from the political views. Um, one thing going against Kurt Schilling is that. I mean, for his career, he had a three four six ERA, and he had fewer than 220 wins. Um, only one other pitcher has gotten to the Hall of Fame with those stats, fewer than 220 wins and an ERA above three four five, and that's Jesse Haynes at the St. Louis Cardinals. And that was back in, like, he finished his career in 1937. So there's not really anything recent that uh, – that shows supports that, that, yeah, yeah, that supports that, and uh, you're gonna get those people that are like, oh, it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good, and there's an argument to be made that Kurt Schilling, while he had some very good years, he was just a very good pitcher. He wasn't a dominant pitcher. He wasn't a Hall of Famer. Um, he never had a Cy Young. He finished second three different times. Um, so, if you want to pull that card, that? I don't. I, I really don't. I don't either. Um, because I, I think there's enough people pulling the character clause. Because, like, with the, like, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens thing, however, like, 
they rubbed voters the wrong way, that's fading as time goes on because they're not in the spotlight anymore. Kurt Sterling is always just saying something to like trigger people. So it feels more recent and that's going to hurt him with the, uh, uh, the hall of fame voting. Uh, granted it's been a little quiet as of late, but I, I just think he's already been on the ballot. This will be his eighth year. Um, so I, I think time's running out and he just, he, I don't think he'll get there. Yeah, me either. Okay. Larry Walker. This one's interesting, too, because if you look at the career war, which war, as we all know, is becoming pretty much the stat, the go-to stat for everything, whether it's all-star, MVP, whatever. Um, Larry Walker's career war is greater than Derek Jeter. And we all just unanimously said that Derek Jeter was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, if you're going by that, then Larry Walker should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, obviously, it's not his, his first year. This is actually his his last chance. It's his last year, his 10th year on the ballot. But he did have a higher war than uh, Derek Jeter. The biggest thing for him, though, is that if you look at his splits, because obviously he uh, played, I believe, no, no. 10 just seasons, the, wasn't it, for the Rockies? Yeah, 10 seasons. I thought it was his whole career. Yeah, his splits truly showed the, the Colorado effect. Um, he... I don't have the whole the whole list um, of stats, but he hit 276 on the road, which is basically every other stadium besides Colorado, which aren't isn't really Hall of Fame numbers. And I know we're belittling, well, not belittling, but batting average isn't as important. But it just goes to show you how big of a different player he was outside of Colorado. Yeah, that's a good point. It's I don't think he gets in. This is his tenth year, and last year he only got fifty four point six percent. So I can't see him getting a huge spike this year with all the other names that are on the ballot. So I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think he should. I, I mean, it's not like the the thing with Colorado. And granted, Larry Walker's stats are very drastic. But I look at someone like DJ LeMahieu, no one wanted to sign him because they were like, oh, he can't hit outside of Coors Field. Well, then he had a MVP caliber season for the Yankees this past year on a bargain contract. Um, so I, I don't – they the players can't always help that Colorado's – like Colorado and the elevation, all that. Like they're just playing where they play. So, I mean, if you can pad your stats to Colorado, why, why wouldn't you? So I don't think yeah. that's necessarily like a bad thing. Like, yeah, you can take into account, but it shouldn't like negatively affect your, your vote. So I think Larry Walker should get in because he still had a very productive career. He just happened to play the majority of his career in Colorado. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. One of the notes that Monty made here on him that really is crazy that it looks like he probably won't get in is that he's one of only six players to end their career with a 300-plus batting average, 400-plus on base percentage, and 550-plus slugging percentage. One of six in right. history. And he's right. probably not going to make it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a shame. I can see him definitely getting in on, like, the uh, what's the write-in uh, escaping me. The name of the, the old timers ballot. Or oh, whatever. I know what you're talking about. The veterans. It's like the second chance. Yeah, veterans committee. Yeah. yeah, the second chance Hall of Fame thing. But we shall yeah. see. Okay, Scott Rowland. Uh, this one's tough. Um, I mean, certainly when you think 
Scott Rowland, you think defense? I mean, he played third base premium position defensively, and he was damn good. Um, like, he was, like, probably better than what Nolan Arenado is doing right now. He was that good. Um, so, uh, well, rather than me just, like, blubbering on, I'll read a note that Monty uh, put down there. Um, to compare, like, Anthony Rendon is has arguably been the best defensive third baseman uh, over the past three years, and he's a plus 9.6 defender. Um, I mean, the estimate for Scott Rowland's – wait, he put 06 to 01. But 06 to 11, he, I think is what he means. <laughs> oh, but his the very least for Scott Rowland was a plus 10. So, I mean, it just goes to show how good – Scott Rowland was defensively, and he wasn't too shabby offensively either. I mean, for his career, 281 average, 364, 490, um, 316 career home runs. I mean, it's not like popping off the page offensively, but it's a very solid career. And I I think, Amanda, like you said earlier, no Hall of Famers, well, not many Hall of Famers are going to be like amazing in every single aspect of the game. But if you're going to value people just – purely based on offensive stats like DHs and whatnot, who are definitely deserving of being Hall of Famers, you also need to like reward the defensive guys too, um, who are wizards out there. Yeah, well, I think that's true. I, I don't know that his, like, in general, I feel like people who are defensively really, really impressive, but not all that impressive offensively, just generally don't get the attention and don't get the, the Hall of Fame consideration that Guys yeah, not at all. Really impressive offensive numbers. So I don't, I don't know that he'll get in. He's only it's his third year on the ballot, and last year he got seventeen point two percent. So, you know, he'd have to go a whole long way to to get in. But he's got a lot of seasons left. So we'll we'll see what happens. What do you think, yep. Brian? Um, I see like all this stuff about him on Twitter, but like nothing really blows me way about besides his defense and so much about Hall of Fame is offensive based. I feel like that really hurts his case. I feel like he has a really big uphill battle. Just when you only get ten votes and there's people in my opinion that are more deserving than him, so I don't think he gets it. Got to agree. Okay, one more in this group of um maybe probably kind of ought to be in the Hall of Fame perhaps is Billy Wagner. I think you should be. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it just – I don't think so. I, I It's kind of like right in between for me. Like if I did have a, a ballot, this would be one I would struggle with. Um, also, little sidebar, the dumbest rule is that like the voting rules, you can only vote for, what, 10 players on any given ballot. That's a uh-huh. dumb rule. Because what if you get like a really stacked class? You're not going to vote for someone who should be in the Hall of Fame. Just a dumb rule. The Hall of Fame Hall of Fame voting is dumb. Uh, but nonetheless, that's it's what we have. Um, Billy Wagner would be someone I would like really debate over, and I think I would go no. Um, I mean, although I'm just looking at his stats, and maybe <laughs> maybe I could be swayed. But career two three one ERA, 422 saves. Um, I think his career got. Uh, more derailed by injuries than anything. He could have definitely had the longevity and uh, success that some of the other greats have had. Um, but seven-time All-Star, he two top 10 Cy Young finishes. Uh, I mean, six all-time in saves. He could be 
pretty damn good uh, or make a pretty damn good case to be in there. And a lot of his stats are better than Trevor Hoffman, who obviously got into the Hall of Fame too. Yeah, that's always the hard thing for me with this Hall of Fame stuff is because you go, well, this guy didn't get in, so then that guy shouldn't because, you know, the first guy was better. But then you look and say, well, but this guy's already in, and this, you know, guy we're looking at is better than that guy was. So it's hard to do the comparison portion, but after having just mm-hmm. talked about Larry Walker and now I'm sitting here looking at, at Billy Wagner, like if Larry Walker is not, you know, he, he'd be getting my vote in his 10th year over, <laughs> over Billy Wagner. Yeah. Um, it's his fifth year on the ballot. He's at 16.7% last year. I mean, again, he's one who I don't see getting there. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he gets there. Um, I certainly see the argument, but I just, I just don't think he gets there. Well, as we know, it's an honor just to be nominated, as they say. All right, we've got one more group to talk about, and this is the the Hall of Very Good, who we call them borderline guys, um, who you could maybe make an argument for, but you probably won't see these guys make it. Um, Jeff Kent. Yeah, he's not making it. Nope. No, I don't think so either. Although his 2018 result was higher than Billy Wagner's. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of crazy. But uh, he's also been on the ballot longer, I'm pretty sure. Um, this is his seventh year seventh, in the ballot. Yeah, seventh yeah, year. It was only uh, Billy Wagner's fifth. Jeff Kent, very good player, but that's kind of where we're saying it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. So mm-hmm. no for Jeff Kent. No for Jeff Kent. Okay, how about Manny Ramirez? Um, no, because if you're going off your high horse, he doesn't get in. <laughs> yeah. Not wanting cheaters to be in the Hall of Fame, I don't consider a high horse, but sure. No, I don't want him in either. 69.4 uh, career war, though. That's pretty high um, for people in this group. It is. It is really high for people in this group. And he's in his fourth year now. Um, he's at 22.8% last year. Be interested to see how much that changes. Yeah, year, it, it only takes one really big spike for him to like be on track because obviously you can get in up until your tenth year. So he's he's one to watch, but not anytime soon. Yep, agreed. Okay, next one is Todd Helton, another Colorado Todd player. The, the splits will we'll get him, but I mean his career, his numbers look good: three sixteen, four fourteen, five thirty nine. I mean that's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, That's really good. A 61.2 career war. It's a slightly below the average uh, for a uh, uh, Hall of Famer's war. But, I mean, he's... Yeah, but a bunch uh, of silver uh, sluggers of, and gold gloves. Right. All of appearances. of yeah. anyone in this this Hall of Very Good category, I would say Todd Helton has the strongest argument. I would like to see more of a consideration for him. Uh, maybe he'll get there. He's 16.5, and this is his second year in the ballot. So he could get there, um, but he's got a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. 17 season career, too, which is awesome. But speaking of long careers, we'll get to our very last uh, person here, who is Omar Vizquel. I mean, you want to talk about defensive wizard. I mean, this is the, the pinnacle of that. I mean, he was. Like a leadoff guy, 3, 000, almost three thousand hits in addition to the defense. Right, um, like leadoff guy. So the the power numbers aren't there, but I mean, he was outstanding. I mean, you still see the the viral clips of him like doing defensive clinics, and he just is so smooth out there. Man, I would love to see him get in. 
uh, which honestly he might. This is his third year on the ballot. Twenty eighteen, he had a forty two point eight percent. Yeah. So this one, this is one where you they might see the voters really reward defense as opposed to someone like Scott Rowland. Yeah, but, but you know what else jumps out at me on this is stolen bases. Four hundred and four stolen bases in his career. That's bananas. Is that good? <laughs> Am I supposed to be impressed? I love that. I am a little impressed. I'm a little impressed. <laughs> and I mean, we're we're bearing the lead here too. I mean, he played twenty four seasons. I know and that's the other, crazy. The other problem is his name is Omar. Do you really want someone named Omar in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'll live with Me? it. Me? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm going to die Omar. on this hill. Okay. All right. So that is our Hall of Fame. Um, look, so I guess we'll see. The uh, winners are going to be announced in late January. Um, so we've got, you know, a little while to wait. But I always love the Hall of Fame stuff. I love to see who gets in and who doesn't and what the percentages are. And it's always very interesting to me, and especially the part where, where you see the guys who either we know or suspect cheated or guys like Kurt Schilling who are widely disliked. It's always interesting to see how the off-the-field stuff kind of affects the way the whole thing goes. So we shall see. All right, so let's move on to the last segment, which is the best one, our Twitter questions for the week. Twitter question. Um, our first one comes from pal of the show, at one lovely lady C, who said, did the voters get it right in the manager of the year MVP and Cy Young voting? What do you guys think? Every single category, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I didn't have too many gripes. I personally, the one thing I would have done different, I probably would have voted for Christian Yelich as opposed to Cody Bellinger. Um, I mean, Cody Bellinger had an insane year. Good for him. Happy for him and all that stuff. But uh, my vote would have been to Yelich. But I get it. And I mean, I'm not, I don't think it was a snub or anything like that. So otherwise, I, I think they got it right, including uh, DeGrom. Um, DeGrom was a clear choice. I don't know why Scherzer yeah. was in Yeah. I would have loved for it to have been a nat in a year where they deserved it. And I love Max Scherzer, but this wasn't the year for him to win yeah. it. I, uh, I, I would have been interested to see as just a pure baseball fan, what, you know, what the numbers would have ended up for the year if Yelich hadn't gotten hurt. But as a Nats fan whose team played the Brewers in the wildcard game, I'm so glad that we weren't playing Yelich. Mm-hmm. Especially because that play in that play in right field uh, might have gone a whole lot differently had uh, Yelich been the one out there. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, the real question here that everybody in that world cares about is why wasn't Davey Martinez in the Manager of the Year um, final finalist? And while certainly I can understand the argument of he took a 19 and 31 team and and got him into the playoffs, I, I think it's well established that it, we we are not big, you know, Davey apologists here he did a really great job in the playoffs but this is a regular season mm-hmm. award and he made a, just a a, a passel of incredible mistakes all year long um, in-game management was questionable at best a lot of times so I know this will piss off a lot of the people listening but you know he was much improved in the playoffs but I don't think he deserved any regular season award yeah like even after the World Series, like I still have plenty of questions about Davey as a manager and his abilities going into 2020. Obviously, it doesn't really matter because we're World Series champions. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of questions. I I think it was surprising that he wasn't in there because the narrative was there taking a 1931 team. Um, 
yeah. to the playoffs. The narrative certainly was there to help him. So it was surprising, but I don't think it was like a snub. Yeah, but the the voting's done before the playoffs start, and I think if you no, were looking at the other the other candidate, yeah, if you were looking at the other candidates, you could see okay, Davey could be a candidate there, but not knowing what was going to happen in the playoffs, I could see how the other three were considered before Davey was. So yep, agreed. Like I said a lot of a lot of Nats fans don't agree with that, and that's fine. But it's uh, I I thought they did a good job on the the awards voting this year. I didn't feel like anything was really out of line. Okay, next one is at KL Comments. He says, why didn't they sign Huddy right away? They need to be careful. Um, Nats fans are overly romantic, and obviously you have every excuse to be after winning a World Series, and especially in the fashion that we did. Um, but people like Howie Para, who we didn't even talk about, um, and Hudson, you have to be careful about You need to look at their track record you're paying them for what they're going to do for you, not what they did for you. Um, but it's easy to lose sight of that after you're like on the high of a uh, World Series championship. I do think Hudson will still be valuable, but we have to remember going into the 2019 season, he signed a minor league deal and then was later released before the season even got underway. Like that's where Daniel Hudson was in his career. It's a great story. I think he deserves to be in the team. I want him on the team, but he's not like your top priority. Bullpen is, Hudson is not. So just be careful. Um, that would be why, in my opinion. Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? I kind of agree just because like, he has some pretty big red flags. You have to consider his Tommy John history, and you have to understand that this is probably like, his best season. Like, this is who he is. Um, just with bullpen guys, they're so up and down every single year. He may not be worth what his market value is. So if you can get him for, like, not eight, nine million a year, that's great. Any more of that, I'm out of the Hudson. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Like you said, it's because, you know, when you win a World Series, it's it's just, especially when he was he played such a vital role in it that the impulse is just sign him no matter what, just make it happen so that we get him back. But I do think watching what happened with the bullpen this, this past offseason and, and how awful they were and how paying big contracts that were sort of um, speculative really – really hurt the Nats. I mean, who knows what their record could have been had the bullpen even just been a normal amount of bad early in the year. Um, I don't know. I, I like Hudson a lot, and I do hope that they bring him back, but I, I agree completely they need to be careful about how much money they give him. And I'm a big believer in the change of scenery being good for some players. You know, you see it all the time where a guy leaves one team where he's been struggling and he goes somewhere else and, like, completely reinvents himself. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, the, you know, different coaching or if it's the, the vibe of the clubhouse or, you know, they just find something that they didn't have before. I think for Hudson it might have been – a lot of it might have just been finding his confidence. He came here, he got an opportunity to close, and he did really well. And it almost seems like the more he did it, the better he got. And, you know, maybe that's sustainable and maybe it's not, but he does have injury history. If you if you dispassionately take the World Series victory out of it and you just look at who is this guy, what are his numbers, let's say he had just won the World Series for a different team last year, would you look at him and say this guy's worth X dollars? Do you know what I mean? You, you have to decide, mm-hmm. you know, based on – 
based on what he can do for you in the future and not just the emotional connection of the World Series that we just won, which is hard to do because you just want to keep everybody together. And you're right, it's crazy that we haven't talked about PAR. We didn't put that as a topic, and we, we really should have. So maybe we'll add that on for next week because we're running super long already. But, um, yeah, so that's, I guess, the answer. Why well, they didn't sign Huddy, I think that <laughs> I think that Rizzo is gun-shy after the mistakes that were made bullpen-wise last offseason, and he's trying to be very deliberate in his choices. As he should be as he should be. Okay, next one is at SDN underscore Strasburg says, Popeye sandwich or Chick-fil-A sandwich? You know, I experienced the holiness that was the Popeye's chicken sandwich on Saturday. Um, it absolutely is it as good as everybody hype. makes such a big deal about? It, really? It, it it's heavenly. Hype. Like, the so Chick-fil-A sauce is better, and I like it's on the brioche bun, but like the chicken is so freaking good You're... it's so crispy it is fresh i haven't it had the popeyes one yet oh do yourself a favor it's yeah. like i so good i've been a huge chick-fil-a guy just because like it's always been so easy to access because it's always been on campus so i can just grab it real quick but like sometimes you get it the chicken's small it's thin and you have bites where it's just the breading uh, not this bad boy. The sandwich is huge. The chicken is massive. You get chicken at every bite. It's so freaking good. Is it like, like a, gonna, just a hunk of chicken breast like the Chick-fil-A sandwich is? It's like if Popeye's chicken is good in itself, it's like if they took just like a piece of fried chicken, obviously with no bones or anything like that, piece of fried chicken, put it on a bun with two pickles and some sauce. So good. Like, it, it's right. so simple, but so good. And it makes no sense, but I need it. Inject that All right, into well, my veins. I guess I need to try one. You do. You do. Try one this week and uh, report back to us. We, All right. We expect a, a full in-depth, yeah, a full in-depth report. Um, we'll do an 80-20 scale, like a scouting scale. Well, correct. <laughs> yes. All right. Frozen, frozen okay, pound. so that's. I think is our last Twitter question. You guys have anything else before we go? No. Yeah. Final thing. Uh, I know we kind of like hit a couple bumps in the road, but the voting for the Heater Awards is officially out. It is posted. Be sure to vote all this week. It will be open all week. So if you want to vote on your phone, laptop, whatever, do it. Vote as many times as you want. Right. And we will do the Heater Awards next week. Okay, cool. So we'll keep tweeting it, too, to remind everybody. So you guys watch Correct. out for that, for the links. Okay, cool. Well, um, good talking to you guys, as always. That will do it for us. We hope you guys listening enjoyed the show. Um, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And um, if you'd like to leave us a review, we would certainly appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. You can find Nick and Ryan at DCNatchak. And you can find the show at Half Street High Heat. Thank you, guys, as always. And we will talk next week. Yeah. I'm starting a, a support group for people victimized by Lamar Jackson in fantasy football. If you'd like to join, uh, please let me know. I guess Later. that answers the question of what happened at the end of the game. <laughs> Later. Later. All right. Bye, guys.
There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator Who has the cause has passed the wall to see you By the early light of dawn, well, you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.